Hello, this is Leah Parker with Modern Homemakers, and I'm here with Donna Otto, the author of Finding Your Purpose as a Mom, and she's going to be talking to us today about home is holy ground, acts of service. Is that what yeah. we're calling it? Yeah. 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 How do, how do a we... A place of service, place of service. not yeah, acts of service. That's good. Yes. Well, they're kind of both, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> do you have, do you feel like... You use your home for a place of service with your family. Oh, yes. So tell Every me, day. Every day. What, what does that look like? Uh, laying down my desire to be in a perfect home with nothing on the <laughs> ground to picking up socks and crumbs and gro- groceries. The groceries oh. never end. And it's grocery shopping and laundry are the two tasks that are being undone while you're doing them. And it drives me crazy because oh. they're never <laughs> finished. Okay, so of all the things we have in common, like groceries, like I just want to tell you that I'm older now and my husband's retired. Mm. He likes going to the grocery store. There you go. Now, when I ask for an item, I often don't get it, but 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 I don't have to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to say about groceries, think how many times... We touch them. We first put them on a list. Mm-hmm. We first get a menu. Mm-hmm. Then we put them on a list. Then we go to the market. We take them off the shelf. We put them in the cart. We take them out of the bag. We put them someplace. We take them out of the someplace and prepare them. And then we clean them up. Like too much yes. just for eating. Just Intravenous for eating. tubes. Don't you think that's food, a good... Food pills. Food pills. <laughs> yeah. I would take them. Well, Leah, I think we've just found a new industry for the two of us. Food pills. Oh, well, that takes away all the hospitality, which we're going to talk about. Well, is your home a place of service? We've been talking about home as holy ground. And for those of you who are just joining us, we're just about ending a six or seven show series from the book that uh, Leah mentioned. And the topic being, is home holy ground in my own awareness of this was holy ground and I needed to take it as that and not just show up uh, to do these tasks and not recognize that this place, this place where I lived was really holy ground. It is a place of service and it is also a place of helping others learn to serve like your family, your children. But I I was thinking about this and thinking about my dear friend who in her mid-30s had been trying to have a child and they had been unable to do it. And suddenly in her mid-30s, 30 years ago, she um, was pregnant. And she couldn't have been happier in all the world. And she and her husband, Jack, were just running around like crazy people. And they were going to have this baby. And the baby was born. We are his godparents. It couldn't have been sweeter for all of us. And then she went into motherhood, like this full steam motherhood. She'd been thinking about it so long. And about nine months to 12 months later, she said to me, I don't have a ministry I can still remember, like as I say it right now, remembering her saying that to me, I I gasped. I don't have a ministry. But I think that's what a lot of us think. Like, home, we're giggling about food and how many times you touch it and laundry and food, you know, they're, they're being undone before they're even finished being done. That's so true. And we don't see it as a ministry. So what does the word ministry really mean? I knew what she meant because she had done Bible study and she had served the poor and the she had done a lot of those acts of service out of her love for Christ and her freedom because she was at home without children. 
So we hear the Gospels, Jesus saying, whitewashed tombs full of corpses not doing the work of God. And the classic story of full-time church people leaving the man on the street to die. Okay, what is that classic story? The Good Samaritan story. The Samaritans who couldn't touch the Jews and, and, and along came people who were in full-time ministry and they left the needy man. They left the needy man. The Samaritan stopped. God often does his transforming work from the inside out and from the simple to the complex, particular to general, inner to outer, small to large, individual to people groups. He creates a human race rather large but by creating two people, simple. He renewed the earth with a flood and used one family. He blessed a billion population by two people, Sarah and Abraham, and he brought complete redemption by a baby in a manger. So God's transforming work is much more um, simple than we want to make it. He lived on earth for 33 years, but he only did ministry for three years. Ministry, he only served. Was he really serving? Was he really doing ministry? I think I've mentioned this to you, but I have watched some of The Chosen, which is on your televisions. It's a free program. I don't know where you can find it because I never know. I can't keep up with all of those. But I have watched a few of those shows. I find them quite well done. Uh, I don't think they're true to every detail, but where they're not true to every detail, they are so correct in the big, broad picture. Jesus, engaging in ministry, we call ministry, engaging in serving, but what he was really doing was training up these men, the people who followed him, men and women, to do the work when he was gone. And I think that's what mothers do. Parents have an opportunity to model serving, picking up the socks, Leah, doing the groceries, Donna, cooking another meal. Oh, my goodness. And then we add to that, do we do that by encouraging our neighbors, by bringing in the people from the outside into this place where you're already serving? Now, I've heard mothers and wives for 35 years tell me how sick they are of laundry and marketing and house cleaning, how angry they are with their children, how they've closed their children's doors so they can't look at them. I'm, I, stories galore. But in the end, there is a way that we process helping our children by serving them. We serve them. Are they able to say, thank you very much, Mom, for serving me today and bringing this wonderful meal to the table? Not likely. Not likely. I've heard some women say to me, my husband makes the children say, thank you for dinner, Mama. And um, I'm sure that's meaningful. I'm sure it's repetitive. But it isn't until they have to do it themselves. Or it isn't until they recognize what it really takes to get a dirty T-shirt from the closet to the washing machine, to buy the soap, to get it in the dryer, to fold it and put it back where that kid's going to wear it again. Do they understand what kind of work we're doing? So your ministry of serving is a work and a ministry you have in your home with your family. Can you do more? Of course. 
But Elizabeth Elliot, who told me many years ago, don't carry a Bible unless you've swept under the bed. Have you heard me say that before? If you've been around for a while, you have heard me say that before. And when she said it, I was aghast. First, I didn't understand it. I thought, what the heck has that got to do with anything? And then I got it. And honestly, if I'm right, what I think I remembered instinctively, was she going to look under my bed? <laughs> I was a young woman. I, I have no idea what was under my bed in those days. But what she was saying to me is there's an order, Donna. There's an order to you who are listening to the work that you get done, to the the, the complexity of raising a family, of caring for a family, of doing anything outside of the family. C.S. Lewis said, there is no neutrality in the universe. Every inch is claimed by God and counter claimed by Satan. There's, there's no neutral place. It is or it isn't. And I'm very convinced of this truth. I see the effect, the effect and effect of this truth every day in every place because we are homemakers. It is one of the four things that women are called to do. Yes, you see it more and more, You're watching television more and more. You see the whole, the house husband, the house father, who's full-time, the wife is going. Yes, more and more we see that. But statistically, that number is still very, very small. The majority of this work is done. I remember a woman who wrote and said, my husband said he is going to help. And I was so excited. And he decided that helping, and then she described two small jobs that he took up and was very proud of himself. She said he had a Cheshire grin because he had done these two small tasks. She said, oh, Donna, what should I do? I want to affirm him, but it's like a drop in a big bucket. Well, that's because t typically we are the ones who become responsible for doing this work. Monica, the mother of Constantine, and if you've ever read uh, who his life story, she prayed and prayed and prayed for this wayward son. She particularly prayed he would not go to Rome, a pagan city of pagan gods, yet that's exactly where he went. And there he found Christ as his personal savior. Constantine, who ruled the world in 300 AD and declared the Roman Empire to have Christianity as their religion. When I think of the vastness of that, like, did you want me to say that again? In 300 AD, one man declared the whole Roman Empire, which was a, re a vast region of territory and people, that it would have Christianity as their main religion. Now, you can't make people become followers of Christ. But it was one mother, one home, and one prayer that she prayed. And this was what God did through her son. So I've had the same sort of things in my own life. I've watched my godchild, the, the young man I was just talking about. I've watched my own daughter and her husband change the course of our family life by serving. And we continue to gain wisdom. The wise woman, do you know that proverb, the wise woman builds her house with her own hands and the foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Proverbs 4, verse 9. And Proverbs also tells us to guard our hearts. 
I feel that phrase come to me so often when I'm undone, when I have too many things to do, when I don't understand what I'm doing, when all of a sudden what was two hours turns into one hour. We are called to have our hearts guarded so that that claim of the enemy does not come in and take over. 1 Timothy 5, 4 tells us that we are to get married and bear children and keep house and do the roles that we all talk about around here, woman, wife, mother, and homemaker. There's no counterclaim for these. And this is a counterculture message that we have been claiming these last years. Every few years we have a presidential election, but I truly believe it's not who's in the White House that matters. What matters is who's in your house. The choices you make matter, and they matter to the world. And what happens in your home chooses, changes, I should say, the world. The Cleveland Clinic, which you're all very familiar with by uh, so many individuals who have been engaged with the Cleveland Clinic when dreadful things happen. They are known for research on all levels about human beings. And they declare the happiest people surround themselves with family and friends and don't care about keeping up with the Joneses next door. They lose themselves in daily activities and most important, they forgive easily. Is that what you're serving your children? Is that what it looks like? Is that what your home daily looks like? If it doesn't, I'm asking you to reconsider. I'm also going to suggest a wee tiny little book. It's called My Heart, Christ's Home. And it's Robert Boyd Munger, who is the author of it. And it is a book that talks about how do we make the heart that God has given us into a home where God will live. We don't come out of the womb in that relationship. We come out of the womb with a will that uh, changes the course of our lives uh, if we do not make the time to invest into relationships with others, especially with the God of the universe. So I hope that you are making your home a haven of peace. I hope you are making it a place of serving by first serving your family and by secondly training your children to bring about service in all they do. We look forward to finishing this series with a subject of hospitality. And as we began this series, I read something to you that I think you'll find on our website uh, very soon if it's not already there. The beauty of the home is order. The blessing of a home is contentment. The glory of a home is hospitality. And the crown of a home is godliness. And I pray that this day, the words that I have spoken will encourage you to live a godly life by serving God and serving the members of your family. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make a very uncommon day of serving joyfully.